Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back, everybody, to the MBM show. Titus and here with Travis today, my co-host. And we have a special guest today. We got William Frawley, the customer uh, manager of customer relations with Tetra. So we're really excited to talk to him today. Just real quick, wanted to give a quick shout out to Heavy Shot and you, Kanuba, for their all their support for us. Guys, you know how we feel about them. You hear it on every podcast, and we can't say enough thanks to them. But also, we want to say a big shout out to Tetra, too, for... Um, with the collab that we had in Kansas with the Flyways Collective, they supported us, and and we really can't say thanks enough to them either. And I tell you what, we're going to talk more about that here in a little bit, but we want to dig right in and start talking to William, William Frawley, uh, out of good old Tennessee. I've actually only been there. Have you been there, Travis? Never been to Tennessee I've, yet. I've been there once, yet. but uh, beautiful place. Yeah, yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, we want to... We want to introduce him today and just ask how you been, man. Man, I've been I've been getting by, living the dream. Can't complain. But yeah, y'all are more than welcome to come in Tennessee whenever you want. Just don't come during turkey season. Enough people already come. <laughs> <to that anyway>. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be busy, what? huh? Is there no turkeys there or what? <laughs> oh no, there's plenty of turkeys. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> now, what what uh, species do you guys have? Do you have the Rios? Are they? Uh, uh, we got the Easterns. Easterns, Easterns okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> nice. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about duck hunting. Or, or actually, first, William, why don't you just give us your background and tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, like you said, my name is William Frawley, uh, manager of customer relations at Tetra Hearing. Uh, it's my day job, and I have been a hunter ever since I could walk. Pretty much, uh, grew up in it. 
pretty much if it was in season, we were shooting at it. If it was legal, it was going to die. <laughs> um, squirrels, rabbits, turkeys, deer. Um, I never actually, matter of fact, I never really got into duck hunting until I got into high school. And uh, a buddy of mine took me my senior year, and it was an Arkansas timber hunt, and I was I was transfixed ever since, if you want to put it that way. But, uh, yeah, I did a, did a short time in, uh, at Sanford university in Birmingham and got very, uh, very interestingly enough pointed me in a very different direction and sent me to Harding university in Arkansas, uh, which is right in the middle of the Mississippi flyway. Uh, where I studied for three semesters, uh, duck hunted a lot more than I studied, which is ended up being <laughs> the reason why I dropped out of school. But um, anyway, long story short, I went there for a little bit, met a lot of great people, dropped out, went, started working construction, and then uh, I guess it was la- it was last April, um, I went to the NWTF convention in Nashville. And uh, Tetra was there. Bill and David were there. And David and I go way back. Um, he and I have known each other for a long time. I think I was ten, nine or ten years old when he and I first met. Uh, he was actually one of the people that taught me how to bass fish. Mm. And I knew that he'd launched. He was part of this company. And uh, I went to high school with Bill's kids. And went up to him at the turkey show and was like, hey, like, put me on your pro staff. Just like as a joke, just because we've known each other for a while. Mm-hmm. He goes, you know, that's not a bad idea. Call me on your way home tomorrow. And I was like, wait, really? <laughs> and so I called him and we got to talking about it. And, um, he didn't mention anything about a job, but, uh, a couple of weeks later I was sitting on the job site and he texted me and said, Hey, you, you interested in working for us? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I would, I would love to. And so a couple of weeks later I got the job offer and moved on back home to Nashville. And wow. That seemed like it was yesterday, but some days it felt like it was six years ago. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, I did. I did construction myself for quite a while. It's just some everyone around us did, and mm-hmm. so. But I real. I mean, that's someone's got to do it. But I realized, you know, that was something I didn't want to do. My dad actually did. He built roof trusses and uh, for twenty plus years. So I was from mm-hmm. the time as a young kid, I was always involved in that. But I knew I wanted to fly helicopters, so that's what I ended up doing. So I totally get the. Let's do something, you know, that you, you probably love your job, I'm sure, right? Uh, my construction job? No, your job you have now. With oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. I, I, ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted to work in the hunting industry because I was just so – it was something that I loved and it was something that I was good at. And, mm-hmm. you know, watching Michael Waddell and Primos and on Harold Knight, Knight and Hell and all those guys on TV, I'm like, I want to do that one day. It just – I'm not doing that, but just the fact that I'm working in the outdoor yes. industry is sometimes mm-hmm. I wake up and I'm just like, God, I'm so blessed, you mm-hmm. know, just all the connections that I've made and all that fun stuff. But yeah, I, we, we feel you in that way. I, I feel the same way. Like, you know, I, I'm just here doing a little channel just to relate to you. And it's like, yeah, I'm nothing special. We're just a couple of friends that have a good time. And like you said, enjoy god's creation get out there with be with friends and family and see what god's created and it's you're like how can you not be thankful for it and enjoy right. every second of it you know yeah yeah i'm not getting rich i'm not getting to hunt every day but it sure beats the crap out of what i was doing before <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> no kidding. So, so how's your season been going? Have you got to hunt very much, or with? Or are you busy with work? Well, uh, that's kind of the nice thing about working in the hunting industry is you can kind of be like, hey, I'm going to go sell some in Arkansas and then hunt in Arkansas. But um, God, it's been tough, dude. We have had to fight tooth and nail to kill ducks this year. It's just I don't know what's been going on. Mm. Tennessee, Mississippi, Arkansas, they're just, they're just not there. Huh. I mean, it seems like it seems like you're either burning them down or you are getting – you're getting whooped. There's no in-between ground, huh? There, there is no gray area this year. Wow. Usually, usually the gray area is pretty wide, and people tend to find it. But I mean, it's either it's night and day. Wow. And I, no one, no one knows why. Like all the people that I've talked to, they can't figure it out. I'm, I'm one of the conspiracy theorists that think the flyway is moving further west. Really? To the to Oklahoma and Kansas and Nebraska and all that, but. Hmm. I mean, I'd like to hear more about that. So, what are people? So, thinking? like, certain species of ducks are less, or just ducks in the whole general. Well, they say they. So, from what from what I understand, is it takes a couple of generations of ducks to change their flyway. This is from what I understand, and so I mean, in a couple of generations of ducks, they don't live that long. That's what ten years. Yeah. And so, and if they start, and as heavily pressured as Arkansas and Louisiana, and Missouri, and pretty much the west side of the Mississippi River from Canada to, to the Gulf of Mexico, somebody's hunting them. You know, they're getting hunted somewhere in between from when they leave their nesting grounds till they make it to the coast. Mm. And I just, th- I personally, uh, there may be zero validity to this, but personally, I think they just got fed up getting shot at, so they started flying more west. <laughs> People are saying they fly more east. I, I think they're flying more west because I've got buddies in Oklahoma and Texas that are shooting more mallards and pintails than they ever have in their entire lives. And that's a good indicator. I mean, word of mouth, how that spreads, it's kind of an obvious sign. Like, yeah. But I'm, I don't know. Like, year to year, things change. Like, we get bir- certain birds here sometimes. We'll have tons of widgeon. And we're like, what right. in the world? This whole year has just been widgeon, widgeon. And then you then you just don't shoot some for a couple years or three years, four years. Right. So it, it is weird how Yeah, it seems like this shift. year the tiller really hanging out the the blue wings the cinnamons yeah mm-hmm. seem to be staying here uh maybe longer and in more abundance i mean we've seen them yeah you know through the whole year but there seems to be a lot more till right mm-hmm. now this mm-hmm. late in the season then yeah. yeah well heck i went to i was in arkansas opening day and it's usually usually open first split well this year the first split was really good everybody was burning them on the first split but I shot a blue wing teal on opening day in November, and mm. I went and picked it up. And I'm like, "You're supposed to be in Louisiana right now. Like you're <laughs> you are you're way behind schedule." But then again, it was 65 degrees on opening day, oh, so wow. maybe, yeah. I mean, I also think the weather has a lot to do with it because, you know, like you said, word of mouth. I get to talk to people all over the country for for work, and mm. I've got people in North Dakota and Minnesota and South Dakota that says that they still got open water. And they still got ag fields that aren't covered in snow. Where, so, where, how far north? Oh, I don't know that for sure. I couldn't mm. tell you. Um, mm. But I mean, I mean, ducks are lazy. They yeah. they're not going to go unless they have to. Mm. And I mean, geese are different. Geese, I think, geese suffer from the largest amount of FOMO in the entire animal kingdom. So if one of them gets up and goes, all of them are going to get up and go. Mm. But ducks, I mean. Uh, ducks aren't going to go unless they have to, right. unless weather, unless they run out of food or, or the weather covers them up. Especially mallards, so, especially mallards. Yeah. yeah, 
And I think, I don't yeah. know, I don't know if there's a duck hunter out there that just is not, mallards is just the one everybody wants to shoot, you know? Yeah, it's the, it's certainly the one that everybody pays a lot of money to kill, that's for yep. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's also a lot of people. There's also a lot of people that think the fact that we couldn't go up and hunt north of the border has something to do with it too. Okay, and I've heard a lot of that this year, and I wonder. Yeah. I wonder how much that really affects it, because yeah. that's just pressure, which is a big factor. But but usually, what duck size seem like they do. I don't. I don't know. I thought there's no way pressure's ever pushed a migration has it, or because to me, pressure just pushes them to a private area, and that's where right. they stack up at. Right. But I don't know. Do you think, Travis? Do you think but the, pressure? This is this is certainly an unprecedented situation. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really nothing we could compare it to. But I mean, I don't sure. know. It just makes me wonder, though. Like, how many people really were going to Canada? It must have been an outstanding number or something. Yeah, I mean, from what I from all the people that I know that go and hunt Canada every year, or at least try and go and hunt Canada every year, they all went to North Dakota. Mm. All, my dad went and hunted North Dakota and said that there was people everywhere and, and people mm. that I've talked to through work, they said that there was more people in North Dakota that, than there's ever been. And so I think mm. that that was probably their consolation was, oh, well, we can't go to Saskatchewan or Manitoba, so let's go to South or go to North Dakota. Yeah. But I don't know. It may Which, be a perfect storm, that kind of like a, a deadly combination of no pressure in Canada mixed with a very mild winter. Yep. And, you know, mm-hmm. if there's nothing to make a move, they ain't going to move. Yeah. Yeah. True. Not, not cold enough to freeze up or. Right. Yeah. So, how? I'm just curious. I, I'm, I'm only getting this off of the comments and stuff I see, like, on our channel because I get a lot of feedback from, like, people all over the United States how duck hunting is where and this and that. And there's birds here and not. And you can't trust everything because some people, you know, they may be younger <laughs> or they may not go that many times a year so you don't really know what to base it off but i mean tennessee is it can it be really good or is it such a small area is it tough is it always tough no matter what uh you never hear much about it that depends on who you ask okay that depends on who you ask um Real Foot Lake, which is um, in the, about as far northwest Tennessee as you can go, uh, it was actually it was flooded in the 1800s by an earthquake, and the Mississippi River got out and flooded it. And then when the water went back down, it created a crater where it filled up the water. And then when the Mississippi receded, the lake stayed. Hmm. And so it's the largest man-made lake in Tennessee, um, and that that's. That's the Stuttgart of Tennessee. Okay. That's historically people people will torch them there, and they, and I've heard of people doing it this year. But you can people kill them in West Tennessee. Mm-hmm. People really do. Um, there, I mean, there's outfitters in West Tennessee. There's not a ton of public land in West Tennessee. There, there's not mm-hmm. a ton of public land in Tennessee. Period mm-hmm. to to kill ducks on, um, but. From my experience, pretty much as soon as you cross the Tennessee River going east, the duck numbers drop considerably. Okay. What can now that you were speaking of Real Foot Lake, just for one example, what's it what's it look like? Is it just a wide open lake with bare banks or like what does that actually look like there? So they actually the TWRA actually has built blinds on it. Mm. Okay. And so that's actually there's been a lot of controversy over those blinds. But so the TWRA pretty much on any WMA 
in Tennessee, there's blinds on it. There's man-made blinds on it that the TWRA built and that they have draws for every year. And so the only exception to that is real foot mm. now. Well, not anymore. Um, so real foot, if you, you used to be able to grandfather the blinds. So if you got, so let's say 15 years ago, you got drawn, you could keep it every year until you died. And then when you died, you could give it to the next of kin. So let's say my dad got drawn at real foot in 1994 and he died two years ago. He could then give me the blind. So then it is my blind. Wow. So, and you, you can jump. So there's a thing called jumping blind. So legally, if I don't draw the blind, I could hunt it. But if the, if the person who drew the blind shows up before legal shooting light, you have to give it up. Oh, wow. But if he shows up after legal shooting light, legally he can't run you off. <laughs> How does that go over? <laughs> um, I've I've heard horror stories. <laughs> yeah. I, I've heard horror stories. There's some. Dyer, Dyer County is notorious for tire slashing it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's like the, I think that's every. Then that so, just proves that it's in every state because be like the Delta. The here. Delta here is you hear horror stories all the time, and sometimes I wonder yeah. if that's just stuff to scare you from going out there and yeah, making more you know, pressure. Or if it's true, which, you know, I know it's true because there's enough people have told me that I believe them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, duck know, hunters it may, are it may, it, Yeah, it may be a scare tactic, but I'll never find out. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going right, right. Yeah. So um, uh, let's just kind of roll in just real quick to Tetra hearing. I, uh, okay. again, great product. It seems, as far as I know, great people so far. And it sounds like God-fearing people and really friendly and bills texted me a couple of times and super friendly and in, in fact i was a knucklehead that broke my tetra <laughs> the first time i got him and i was telling you i was telling william uh-huh. that i opened it the other guys so there's six of us you know there's josh and there's well josh already had some well he got some new ones but mm-hmm. there was josh yeah, and, new ones. yeah josh and uh thomas all, all of us right we're opening them up. They're already putting batteries in, closing up, like sticking hers. I'm the guy that's reading the directions. I want to do this properly. <laughs> this costs, you know, decent, good money. And like, I'm not taking advantage of this. I want. So I do everything the way you should do it by the book. I go close the latch and it goes pop and makes like a weird noise. I'm like, what in the world? And I go to open it and the latch separates from the battery. And the battery's now stuck in there. And it works. So I used it for the whole collab, but eventually the battery died because you kind of opened the latch, let the battery sit out when you're not using it. Is that the proper way you do it, William? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I text Bill the next day, and Josh kind of texted for me. I said, I'm the goofball that broke my Tetras. <laughs> and he's all, it's okay. We like goofballs around here. So I yeah. was like, he just he made me feel really good. Yeah. Huh? What's that? I said he hired a goofball. We're, <laughs> we're well attuned to goofballs around here. Well, so can you tell me, uh, let's dig into a little bit, like, can you tell me the background history of it and roll into the use of it and, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like I said, I wasn't involved until I, I, April 1st, 2020 was my first day, but mm-hmm. I've heard Bill tell the story enough times that I felt like I've been there. But, uh, so a little bit of background, Bill Dickinson and David Genevico are the founders of the company and they're both doctors of audiology. And they have a combined 50-some-odd years of, of practicing audiology. Wow. And they're both die-hard duck hunters. Yeah. Um, and so they, they've seen over the years, over 
50 years, they have seen the damages that duck hunting could do to people. And they, uh, they both got to working together at Vanderbilt. Um, and so everybody in the mid state area knew that if you were a duck hunter or a bass fisherman and you needed hearing aids, you would go see Bill and David. Hmm. Um, because there's not, I mean, really and truly in the hearing, in the hearing industry, there's no one that really puts the hunter first in front of, you know, the hearing protection. Mm. We're not, we're not the first hearing protection on the market here. Protecting the ear is easy. You can stick your pinky finger in your ear and protect your ear just fine. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to maximize the listening experience that goes along with the protection. Mm -hmm. And so more background into it. Um, Bill and David were fishing a tournament on Kentucky Lake and they were approached by a guy by the name of Harold Knight. Y'all may know who that is. He's the founder of, he's one of the founders of Night and Hell Game Calls. Mm-hmm. He's a living legend in the Southeast when it comes to turkey hunting. Um, and he walked up to Bill and David and, and was like, hey, I hear you guys are audiologists. And he was like, I cannot hear turkeys gobble anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and, I don't know how it could, Titus, you and I briefly talked about turkey hunting. I don't know. You said you're pretty fresh into it. Yeah. But it's, uh, when Bill, when Bill recollects the look on Harold's face, when he was telling that story, he said he had tears welling in his eyes when he said he can't hear a turkey gobble anymore. And I, and I could say I would be the same way if I couldn't hear a turkey gobble anymore. It just means that much to him. Mm -hmm. But, um, and so, and Bill and David had already been, you know, spitballing ideas back and forth. And I think this was about now was about two and a half, three years ago. And they were like, okay, Harold, like let's, we might be on to something here. And so a couple weeks after that, they went to David's practice in Mount Juliet, which is just outside of Nashville. And for two days, they put a microphone on Harold Knight's eardrum and Harold blew all kinds of duck calls, goose calls, turkey calls, you, you name it. If it had a read in it, Harold was blowing it. And what they did is they that microphone that they had on Harold's eardrum, they recorded what it sounded like when it hit his eardrum. And what they did is they digitized that sound and overlapped it with a highly sophisticated hearing aid chip. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, Almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. MidwayUSA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. 
com. To which you would get the waterfowl alpha shields or the turkey ant pods or the, the deer ant pods or whatever it is, or the first pursuit-based hearing technology on oh. the market. Hmm. And so there's a lot of other companies. I'm going to maintain professionalism and not name names. There's a lot of other hearing what claim to be hearing enhancement companies for hunting and they use single dual band processors, very low end cheap processors that gives you a less than stellar hearing experience while protecting the ear. Because like I said, protecting the ear is easy. Mm -hmm. Um, so they have single dual, maybe a four band processor on their higher end stuff. Our low end model has a 12 band processor. And our 90 level has a 16-band processor. And so what that allows us to do is be incredibly specific in terms of what we isolate and enhance and suppress. And so, for example, a turkey gobble happens within four bands of frequency. If it doesn't happen within those four bands of frequency, it's not a turkey gobble. Hmm. And so they found that out. And what they've done in our turkey programs is isolate and enhance those specific bands of frequency so the processor acts as a filter, and it only lets in what you need to hear. Same thing for the waterfowl, same thing for the upland, the range, the elk, the deer, all of it. And so that's, that's, that's why when you put your alpha shields in, Titus, when you are in Kansas, when you, put, when you put them in and you could hear your goose call and your duck call clear as day, that's, what, that's why. Oh, is man. because they put two years of research into it. Wow. That makes total sense. That's, that's yeah. super interesting. I didn't realize that much went into it. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty, it's pretty mind blowing to be honest, because because I didn't even know that much went into it, and then Bill told me all that, and I was like, wow, like that is absolutely insane. Yeah, and I mean, I mean like just like a Mallard Dune, uh, Drake Mallard Dune, his little, I don't exactly, know, yeah, called the I mean, ev- they, yeah. they thought Buzz. of everything. Yeah, they thought of everything. Well, and like you said, they're passionate about duck hunting, so that's what that's why they thought of everything. You know what I mean? Right. You got these guys that they may be, and like you said, it's not downing anybody. They're, like you said, they're creating the hearing protection. But you got these other people that maybe their passion's uh, whitetail hunting, but and they try to make it for everybody. But they're not they're not dialed in like this is right. specifically. So Taking that's to that next exactly. level. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Next level. Yep. yep. No, yep. that's really cool. Yeah, <clears throat> and I don't, and I will say this just that for my own personal use and experience, <clears throat> it was. I've never used hearing protection. I've tried several kinds. I've tried the muffs. I've tried certain things, putting in ear and stuff like that. And it's just like I was telling you, Will, I mean, you kind of mentioned already, Travis, where you, when you blow the call, it just don't sound right. Yeah. And is that what's right. deterred you from ever using hearing protection or you just didn't That's want to use exactly. it? Um, my, so, big, my biggest thing is sorry, I always no, like sorry, to be able to, I'm sorry, buddy. It's always like, I like to be able to hear. And so usually like any kind of hearing protection I ever used, like I didn't like big old ear muffs on my ears. And then just sticking something in my ear to block noise, I hate it because I love to be able to hear things. Um, you know, like I'm sitting out there, I want to hear the birds. I use a, a face mask sometimes, and I have two different yeah. face masks. Well, I can't stand for my ears to be covered up because mm-hmm. I can't hear things. I can't hear the the whir of the wings, you know, or uh, yeah. the quacks or whatever it is. I can't hear that thing. So I'm like, you know what? I can I can hear pretty good. And just, you know, didn't value my hearing at all. Just mm-hmm. basically like, you know what? I'd rather hear the birds and kill birds than not to be able to yeah. hear anything, you mm-hmm. know? And I think the yeah. hearing is a big part of duck hunting, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, absolutely. so I never even really considered 
uh, hearing protection at all. Just for that with fact. Yeah. yeah, just because I, I want to be able to hear stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and that, I mean that's there. You uh, believe me? You are not alone. <laughs> You're yeah. not alone at all. I mean, I I can tell you from personal experience, I was the same way. Like I, because I mean, I'm I love to hear myself call. I may not be the best at it, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm if there's ducks in the air, I'm blowing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so and and I'll give you a little bit more background on myself. So I've got 40% hearing loss across all frequencies in my left ear. Um, And that happened from one pull of the trigger. Uh, And so it's kind of going back to like what you were saying, Travis, about not really feeling invincible. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know, I can hear fine. Like, why not? You'll take the trade off almost. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, And so not to get on a, not to chase a rabbit down a hole, but the what hearing loss comes from is 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 noise level. There's a direct correlation between noise level and duration of it. So a gunshot's mm. loud, but it's quick. It happens very fast, and so that's why not a lot of people wear the hearing protection is because it's it's over and done like that. Like oh, it's just one shot. I'll be fine. Uh, that was my thought process, and I I was. It was when I was in at Harding when when I was twenty, um, a, a group of I, my brother swears it was canvas backs, but I never laid eyes on it, so I cannot confirm nor deny this. <laughs> but a group of ducks, we'll call it a group of uh, a, a group of ducks, buzz the decoys, and we're just sitting there in the trees, just talking in a marsh. And he sees the ducks and swings and shoots, and when he shoots his three and a half inch ported barrel mm. twelve gauge. The, his muzzle was at the most 20 inches from my left mm. ear. And so, it, needless to say, it rung my bell. I think it gave me maybe a little bit of vertigo. Um, and it hurt. I mean, it rang my right ear. That's how loud it was. Mm. And the right ear was on the opposite side of my head. But um, And then it, it, my ear rang for about two weeks, and I went to an audiologist, and he was like, yeah, like, I see this kind of hearing loss in, in 40 and 50 year old people. Mm. And he's like, how old are you? I said, 20. He said, yeah, you don't need, he said, you need to do something about this. And so I started, I started trying out different products from different companies. Again, maintaining professionalism, not going to name names. And my biggest thing, like you said, Travis, my biggest thing about it is I could not hear. Yeah. I, I tried the orange rolled up plugs. I tried, <laughs> I, I tried the over the ear. I tried the, the, Whatever it was, I've tried it, I promise you. And my biggest thing about it was I couldn't hear and I couldn't hear myself call. Mm-hmm. I remember one in particular. I purchased it Thursday, picked it up on Friday, hunted with it Saturday, and it was in the mail back to the manufacturer on Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And, and it's just, and that's been my biggest hang up about where, and, and even after that, I would still never wear hearing protection. Mm hmm. And then I told Bill and David all this throughout my interview process that like I, I like I understand that something needs to be done, but you know maybe this is it because you know you you can only you can only believe something so much. I'm the kind of person that can only believe something so much on, on paper. Like I've got to try it for myself. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For for it to see it work. And on my first day on April first, and we hadn't even gone 15 minutes into my introductory meeting. And I was like, I want to see if these things are legit. And he's like, Are you serious? I'm like, Yeah. Like, dude, I've been reading about them for the last month and a half. Like, like, let me put them in and let me let me let me go to work. And he's like, Okay. And he let me put them in, and I brought my calls, and I, I blew them 
high, low, fast, soft, you name it, Main Street, realistic, whatever it was, I was, it was coming out the other end of that call, and it sounded like there was nothing in my ears. And I remember I took them out, I looked Bill and David in the eyes and said, oh, yeah, I can work with this. Like, it, every, there ain't a duck hunter alive that does not need these in his ear. And, and now that I'm on this side of it, there's no excuse to not be protecting your ear. We always say, you know, we don't care if it's not us. We just want you to use something. Obviously, we would prefer that you use us. But we would rather you not use us and use something else then use nothing at all, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, he's they're they're obviously passionate about helping people and protecting people. Exactly. So that makes exactly, complete yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not we're not in this to be we're not in this to get rich. Mm. We're not in this in this to sell to sell widgets or or the next gimmick in duck hunting or turkey hunting or deer hunting. We're legitimately concerned about helping the future of hunters. Well, that's expl- that's why we're doing it. Explain to us about the. Uh, about how what can do for your health in the long term down the road. That's what I think myself I didn't know, and a lot of people don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know that either until I started working. But I'm going to try and put this in layman terms the best that I can because, again, two, two doctors of audiology found this out over 50 years of practicing, and I'm, um, I'm a slow-talking redneck with a high school diploma, so just bear with me. But so – the long and the short of it is hearing loss is directly correlated to dementia and Alzheimer's. And the reason being is because when you damage your hearing, you're damaging parts of your brain. And when you're damaging parts of your brain, uh, there's something I want to say that it tries to compensate for that. And it takes attention elsewhere from your brain. Mm -hmm. And then that would further deteriorate your brain. And so that's why it's a direct correlation to dementia and Alzheimer's. And I was not aware of that until Bill and David told me that, but there have been extensive studies on this and it is, it's acknowledged by audiologists across the country. Like it's not something that we're just making up as a gimmick. Like it's, it's a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, um, you know, it's a prevalent thing that you see nowadays. I mean, we know so many people that uh, getting older that we yep. know, like our, you know, our friends' parents or our our friends' grandparents that are now passing away and stuff, and it most it seems like everybody gets, you know, Alzheimer's or dementia, and it's just yeah, sad to right. see that. And here's the thing: is people say, well, it's I'm not saying that's all what it is, but everybody experiences hearing loss because, like you said, not only is it sometimes a quick burst like a shotgun, but <laughs> sometimes it's an extended loud like a like a lawnmower. I mean, who in the world ever mower, thinks industrial about industrial noise, yeah, factory, exactly, yeah. any of those things? So we all, as humans, guaranteed, I went through things in our lives and experienced just life experiences that you've damaged your ears and just happens years, yes. you know, time after time after time for 80, 90 years, and then it brings on these symptoms later. Yeah, you notice those yeah. things like on your phone where the frequencies, when you know at certain ages they can yeah. hear it really well, and as you yeah. get older, you can't seem to to hear those things at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we were kids, we thought it was all fun and games when your dad or your mom couldn't hear the dog whistle you bought at the Dollar General. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, if you're over 30, you can't hear this noise. And there's no, there's actually some validity to that. Oh, like, yeah. There's a reason why. <laughs> yeah. 
That's yeah, and it's not just oh, it's not just oh, you're just an age. It's a number that caused that. No, it's yeah, you lost. Exactly. Period, you know? <laughs> exactly. It's not. It's not when you, the when you turn thirty on midnight, it just automatically. <laughs> off. Like, exactly. Like I'm pretty sure I couldn't hear one right now. <laughs> I actually need to have Travis when we get off here do that test, that hearing test on your guys' website, guys. If you want, can you tell them where to, they can go? Just check that out for themselves. Yeah, yeah it's a, we got a free hearing test on our website. It's extremely easy to use. Uh, com or tetrahunt.com. Both of those will take you to us. It's on the top tab. You click on hearing tests. Um, it takes you about five minutes. All you need is a pair of earbuds or headphones. Follow the prompts. When you click email results to Tetra, it'll pull up your email and you send it to it. And that actually goes straight to me. My email is, is on that um, email when you send it. So don't okay. be don't be surprised if you send a hearing test in and I send you something back about how bad your hearing is. <laughs> well, no, it's good to know though because I, I think sometimes we don't realize it. Like one of the things I like your well, guys' you hearing test stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't you don't know what you don't know in a sense. Well, they what they exactly. said about me is what, whatever level I was at, I was actually a very extensive hearing loss too myself. But I I mean. I play the drums. I fly shoot guns. I fly helicopters. Like, yeah, you're a helicopter. You're, I was yeah, in the military. You've got, you've, got a, you've got a laundry list of reasons. <laughs> yeah, I got a bunch of dirty laundry, man, <laughs> for hearing loss. But anyways, um, it says things on there like depending on where you're at on that level and how bad on which year, if they're both, however, yep. it will say like you just think – it said something about me like – you think people are mumbling in the living room when mm-hmm. you're all talking, and it's just it's you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. Like, it, yeah, that's I, that's I think that's pretty close to actually what it says. It's uh, yeah. actually pretty good that you remember that. <laughs> but no, it's you guys just go check it out. I mean, honestly, it's good to know. Like, you know, you may yeah. or may not choose to, to do something about it, but to me, it's like, where do you spend most of your time? They say uh, sleeping, which I don't. No, if I agree with that, I like wish. the other percentage of your life is <laughs> yeah, in the bed, like oh, buy a I good would like bed. To meet those people. <laughs> yeah, I've never met that criteria, but I do know that, you know, from four to seven hours a night, I know I am sleeping there. So you want to buy a nice mattress? Well, same thing with our hearing. You know, it's like okay, you're going to invest a ton of money in hearing aids when you get older because you can't hear, or you can take it one per time purchase right now and take care of it for the long haul. You know, yep. it's kind of and that's and, and that's kind of the approach that I take to it. Because I was one of those people that uh, I, I'm, I'm going to buy the best thing that I can afford. I yeah. mean, whether it's my gun, whether it's my waiters, the calls that I get. Like, I, you can ask anybody that I hunt with. I hunt with some pretty nice stuff. And that's not just because I want people to you know that, cool. like, hey, like, yeah. exactly. No, I do it because I know it's going to work. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and I've seen people spend ungodly amounts of money on duck hunting stuff mm-hmm. and then turn their nose up at buying Seven hundred dollar hearing protection, like, dude, I just saw you buy a thousand dollar waiters. Yeah, like, don't tell me you ain't got the money, and don't tell me that like it has to do with your health. Mm-hmm. Oh like, my I goodness, think you yeah. Can sacrifice not buying one gun for a year and buy some hearing protection. <laughs> yeah, dude, I totally know what you're talking about because it's like the same thing with Sitka. I I was never against it, but I'm like, man, I ain't gonna you know spend that money or whatever. And then yeah. I tried the waiters, and it was like. Cause I'm, I'm, you know, I'm buying waiters every year or every two to three years. Every two years. Yeah, yeah. and I'm doing the math in my head. I'm thinking, okay, here's three hundred bucks. Here's three hundred bucks. Here's three hundred bucks. I've, I mean, if I look back, I can think of how many waiter pairs of waiters I've had. I've easily oh. had seven, eight pairs of waiters, which ain't some have lasted longer than others, right? But do the math on that. I mean, that's you're sitting at three grand, and I still got a long time to duck hunt, Lord willing. So yeah. it's like, yeah, okay, one, exactly. th- uh, you know, a thousand bucks. 
And I could care less what people say, you know, because it has nothing yeah. to do, like you said, with looking cool. It's about I'm thinking the long term, you know, right. what's exactly. gonna get me the bank most bang for my buck. So, right, yeah. And and Bill and I, Bill and I have joined some Facebook groups that like uh, I can't remember their names now, but just just people like like duck hunters and and deer hunters and stuff like that. Just kind of get a better understanding of the demographic we're going after or whatever. Mm-hmm. And people will actually get on there and be like, hey, interested in hearing protection for duck hunting, like, any suggestions? And, of course, we're going to go in there and plug our company like mm-hmm. like anybody with two brain cells would do. But there's actually people in the comment sections of these posts saying, like, oh, you don't need hearing protection. Like, I'd rather go deaf or, like, don't be a you-know-what. And, and, just, and I'm just reading these comments like, you've got to be kidding me. That's crazy. Like, when I read that stuff, like, that, to me, that's like somebody going, oh, hey, suggestions for a new truck. Oh, go ahead and get the, you don't need a seatbelt. Don't worry about a seatbelt. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that's what I read it like. And, like, yeah. people say, like, oh, you don't need hearing protection. Like, you'll be okay. Like, I'd rather go deaf than, than have to wear earplugs while duck hunting. Like, like you got to be, like, that's, that's, that's moronic to me. <laughs> it is. It is. Now yeah. it is. I mean, you asked me that two years ago. I'd have been like, yeah, whatever. But now, now that I know what I do know. Yeah, but even then, it, I don't think you would say a statement like that. It's like, hey, it's their choice. People will do what they want to do. But right. just to say, hey, don't worry, I'm going to go deaf. It's like, that's kind of stupid yeah. to say. Like, I don't want I don't want to go deaf. You yeah, know what no, I mean? I, I, hope, I hope no one in their right mind yeah. would want to go deaf. Right. Nobody with two brain cells to rub together wants to go deaf. No. But I mean, it's I mean that's literally verbatim. One of the comments on this post was, "I would rather go deaf." Oh man, it's always inter- I'm just inter- like, always entertaining. Oh my being god! <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure you get some lovely ones. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'll just blow your mind. And you know what though? Yeah. I've always say this though. It does. It does make you a little bit more. I don't know how the right the right word is, but maybe more sensitive to what people say sometimes or what you say sometimes because you're like, okay. I don't want to be one of those yeah. guys, you know, and you just got to think about what you say more because you know how it is. Te- oh, yeah. Text, it's hard to really get um, emotion from things that are written yes. out or text. Or so. intent or anything like exactly. that. Yeah. Exactly. Things can be misconstrued very easily. Yeah. But that uh, that statement right there pretty much seals the deal. <laughs> I don't yeah. think there's that, no... Everybody gets, everybody's picking up what they're putting now. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Hey, so we were talking a little bit about... Um, conservation and i bring that up conservation goose hunting because i've been looking into some hunts and it's coming on us and unfortunately duck season's getting close to in turkey season's coming up which we're, we're going to have you on here again if you guys enjoyed this you know go ahead and comment and uh in itunes and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear more but um conservation goose hunting what do you got going on with that what's your experiences in that i kind of want to talk some uh more. two words fast and loud um, the e-callers, the geese, I mean, you and I talked about it the other day, it's obnoxiously loud, mm-hmm. but when it pays off, it, it, when it rains, it pours, um, quite literally, uh, a lot of times from what people that I know that cut their teeth doing it, like, like the worst days, the most miserable weather days are the days that you are going to knock them across the face mm-hmm. and I mean, in terms of the hearing protection side of it, we've had people um, that have gone on conservation goose hunts that have guided them every day for the entire conservation hunt in Arkansas and in Missouri, and they're just like, I'm never going to not do this Mm -hmm. because duck hunting without hearing protection is one thing, 
but duck hunting without ear protection while snow goose hunting is like riding through a blizzard with your windows down with no tires. It's mm-hmm. just, it's not going to, there's no good way to do that because the e-callers are so loud and the geese themselves are so loud that like you're not blowing your own call. And so you don't necessarily need, or I'm sorry. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to hear yourself call. So if you have just, you know, orange roll up earplugs, then you're fine. Mm-hmm. But even then people still don't wear them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. And so, and that's last year, last year was our first waterfowl season. we the company launched in August of 2019, and so last year was the first year that we had people actually using it. And the people that, like I said, that guided for it would not just stop singing the praises about it. Like I, I it's for for example, the guys at Higdon Outdoors, we, uh, they're a corporate sponsor or a corporate partner of ours, mm-hmm. um, and they they're like, it's un, it's so nice not being able to hear those stupid e callers all the time. It's it's such a loud volume, and so. I'm hoping to get on a couple this year. I got a buddy of mine um, that's got 15 dozen, I think is what he said. And so we may go try and knock some out of the sky. But I'm, I've seen the good things that they can do while duck hunting. I can only imagine the only way, only way from there is up when it comes to the snow goose conservation hunting. Yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering about because goose, I mean, we've never really did that. We've never went out and did the conservation season. I haven't. And it's not because never wanted to. It's just around here, they winter here. So we could, we could rock them if we were around here. But the only thing is there's so much private property and it's basically impossible to hook up with anybody to go. I've tried it, but, um, it just, like you said, you were telling me, it's like, it seems like it could be very, very frustrating hunting snow geese during that yeah. time because I just seen how they swirl and they swirl and they swirl and they just, and then they leave. Yeah, yeah. And then they, ne- and then leave. It's like, Oh my goodness, that would drive me nuts. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's feast or famine. I mean, it's like, do you, you either, you either, you're either burning them out of the sky or you're sitting there freezing your, you know what off <laughs> watching yeah. the snow geese fly over top of you. I mean, it's, there's there's certainly no gray area there. You can some you can find a gray area in duck hunting, but when it comes to conservation goose hunting, you're either on them or you're not, mm. because they're so. Like I said, like I said about back in the beginning when I was saying that I think geese have the largest amount of FOMO in the animal kingdom. It's the same way. Like a group of ducks, you could break off one or two group of, one or two ducks off of a group of fifty or sixty. The geese are going to go to the same place. Yeah, they're all going to the same place. There's no breaking off a handful off of a big group. Mm. If there's one of them going, they're all going. And so you, and that's the thing is you have to convince all of them to go. Yeah, it's not just like ducks where you can you could highball at a group that's flying through the clouds, hope to break off three or four, right. and then they come down in your decoys. It, it, geese, it's either all or nothing. Hmm. I wonder why that is too. Is it just because it's just big, huge family groups? I mean, you know, like. Yeah, all connected yeah, up in the one that, group. I think that is what it is. Yeah, because I mean, I, I've had, I've had people that 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 hunt geese a lot that say that they'll shoot entire families. Like they'll shoot three or four out of them, and then the other ones will circle off and then circle right back and come back in, and they'll kill them too. Oh wow! And so I th- I think that does have to do a lot with it is the fact that they they're so I guess you could call it tight knit. Mm-hmm. But um, we've had know. we've had honkers do that too. I mean, Travis yeah. and Thomas shot, uh, was that last year, early goose? Yeah. They, we, we shot five or six out of a group of, I don't know if it was 10, and one of them just came right back. Like, we just dropped 
four or five of them 20 yards, and he literally came right like he was going to come back in the spread and got him too. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, I mean, honestly, with, with Honkers, you know they're family groups, but right. it was just, yeah. I'm just wondering, like you said, that must be the same way with the snows. I think all geese are pretty similar. Yeah. Personally, I think I could be somebody, some somebody that goose hunts a lot more than I could mm. could just blow up your <laughs> your comments and be like, that guy you had on is an idiot. <laughs> like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Well, we were just, you know, just just casual conversation. But anyways, um, well, man, uh, tell us where you know where we can find you guys on social media and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. So uh, our Instagram is Tetra Hearing. Uh, I believe the handle is Tetra Hunt. We also have a Facebook page. Um, when is when is when are you going to release this? This will be on Monday. Okay. Well, cool. So Monday, if you're listening to this before January 31st, 2021, we are running our end of the season sale. Uh, hundred dollars off our 60 level Alpha Shields. Uh, hundred fifty dollars off our 90 level Alpha Shields. Two hundred dollars off. Alpha Shield Multi Pursuits and two hundred and fifty dollars off all of our custom products. So if you if you're listening to this before January thirty first, twenty twenty one, go give us a look, get your hearing test done, and uh, give me a call. There were, our our number is on the website, uh, and that comes straight to this line that I'm talking on right now. And so if you just if you want to call and learn more, or you just want to call and talk a little duck hunting, feel free to feel free to ring me up. That's awesome, man. Well, thanks, William, for coming on. We appreciate you with your knowledge with the Tetras and also just talking about duck hunting. We can sit here and talk for duck hunting for days. So, Oh, gosh. I would burn your ears off. <laughs> I'd burn yours. we just burn each other's ears off, I guess, then. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, man. And thanks, right, to everybody, buddy. for listening. We'll see you guys on the next one. <laughs>